Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season brought to you by News Talk. Saga 960 AM. I'm Matt McFarlane. One of three McFarlands that you will hear this week. Jack and Lynn, but to me, mom and dad join me. Guys, how are you? Beyond tired, Matthew. Yeah. I am fine. I'm not quite as tired. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. We are in uh, mush brain territory right now on job sites I am and then whenever there's a spare moment it's at the drafting table and my dad is full-time drafting right now it's absolutely crazy but this week we're going to play a little game with you guys off the top so here's what you're going to say you're going to think of three words rise up lights now you're going to do it with an Australian accent Check, check this out rise up lights rise up lights rise up lights I think I'm saying razor blades. What the heck does that have to do with? Absolutely nothing. It absolutely, <laughs> absolutely does have stuff to do with this week's topic. This week, ladies and gents, we're going to be chatting about uprights and accents and not the Australian accent with rise up lights. Oh, I, I love the Australian and accent. The best. Even oh, yeah. uh, uprights could be referred to as pyramidals. Yes, pyramidals and uprights or accent plants, Okay. Stuff that you would use to bring down the scale of the house and be a feature element within your garden. Okay, so we're going to be continuing our theme of design, but kind of in a bit of a different way. She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt, and we're going to be Rise Up Lights <laughs> all the way through today's show. This is the growing season on News Talk. So about. weak, Matt, so weak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weak was interrupting me right during my throat. <clears throat> Let me try that again. This is the growing season on News Talk, Talk at 960 AM. On the other side, this is for Dad. Rise up, lights. And we're back. The growing season on News Talk. Saga 960 AM. Follow along with us. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Click on Show Bits. And that is the visual accompaniment to the show. Also, too, I would like to send out a quick dis- disclaimer. The growing season is in no way affiliated with the NFL. And uh, the fact that we're using the word uprights has got nothing to do with anything to do with their game, their silly game and their scoring system. We are we are chatting about large upright plants. So the NFL can uh, stop calling me and asking me why we're talking about their sport. Okay, here's a question for you. Yes. Oh, son of mine, mm-hmm. who you've exhausted your dad beyond belief. I'm pretty tired too. You know what, guys? Listen, the first couple of weeks out of the, you know, during the landscape season, actually on site, man, it is. Yeah, you, there's a world of pain. Oh, first of all, you get to go, you have to get all the, the non blister hands going on, right, man? Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 not day one, and it's not really even day two. It's day three where you're thinking to yourself, the only way to get rid of this hurt is to add more hurt. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, sure. it's yeah. like the. You have to grease the wheels, right? If you stop, the pain will get worse. And you know what I found? I found that I was, first couple days out, I found that I was pretty good on the job site. And then you get in the truck, you drive home, you get out of the truck at home, and <laughs> your body's all seized up. Did you take a nice hot bath after? I did. Put some Epsom salts in the bath oh, too. Oh man, Cause that so good. Yeah, that Those really helps. Good. We got to find, is there a horticultural equivalent? We, we got to find like, what's the... What's the, do we, do, can you mince up some leafed organism and drop it in the tub and have that have Dirt. a similar effect? Dirt. Good. What about lavender? I got some up front of my front flower bed. No, I'm just wondering if you were to put some kind of lavender in the tub to smell. It's well, didn't they say it was some sort of a, an enzyme or something in topsoil or dirt? That is. Yeah, I'm not taking a like... dirt bath. No. Okay, no. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Because <laughs> sounds... you do that all day on the job site. Sure. <laughs> You're just rolling around the dirt. Some, some addy. What is a pyramidal shrub or, it's fl- a, or an upright? Shrub that was uh, hybridized in Egypt. No. <laughs> yeah. It, that not took even, a while for not me. Even, <laughs> oh, really? Not even close, Matthew. Okay. Not even close. But, Matt, it has something called excurrent growth. What is excurrent growth? Well, it has to do with the girl that you broke up with. That's your ex. Growth. Not girl. <laughs> <laughs> growth. Oh, it's going to be a banner episode this week, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, man, it's orderly growth in the conical form, in a conical shape. How's that? Okay. And, and another thing about most pyramids, Matt, is they have small, short branches that point towards the ground. 
Just like your dad, I'm 68 years old, Matt. I have small, short breasts. Pyramids are made of stone. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You said pyramids are made of stone. They don't have branches. Oh, wow. (laughs) You really have been working too much. I've been out on job sites. I'm fried, man. I'm fried. By the way, wanted to throw a quick shout out here. That one of our listeners recently sent this to us on Facebook. And this, these, this is the type of stuff that makes you smile. So I'm coming off of a job site. And I, what's funny is when you're on the job site, I try not to, or I don't check my phone fairly regularly throughout the day, right? So you hop back in the truck and there's like 1,700 different messages, right? You probably didn't have this when you were back landscaping in the 90s because the cell phone didn't really exist. No, I had mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I, I so I go and I, and I check my phone and there's a message from one of our listeners that I'm just literally trying to scroll through here and find. Man, yesterday was a stinking busy day. Here we go. Okay. The lovely and talented Leslie Wright messages or posts this on one of the Facebook gardening groups. Actually, it's, it was in Ontario Gardeners, one of the largest gardening groups on Facebook. And she says this. This is so sweet. Speaking of uprights and pyramidals. Quote, We planted a Fraser fir thanks to Jack McFarland and Matt McFarland's Christmas tree episode on the growing season. Well, that was a long time ago now. Eh? And I love my tree. Thank you the so fragrance. much for the recommendation. And then she said, I love everything about the Fraser. I've been looking forward to today since I heard your episode. Thank you so much for all the knowledge you guys provide all year long. Mm, thanks, oh, man. That's, that's pretty nice. sweet, that isn't is it? Nice. Sure. Yeah. Many thanks to Leslie Wright. And by the way, Leslie Wright, listen. One of the things that I say to my customers on site, <laughs> and they giggle because they hear it often enough, is this. I'll say, look, I'm not trying to spend your money. And then I'll proceed to help them spend their money. Right? <laughs> So, for our audience, look, I'm not trying to help you spend your money, but if you had wisely, but if you had 500 bucks for an evergreen tree, comma, and you had the space, this is the thing here. You just can't plant a Fraser fir on your little subdivision property, right, Dad? 50 feet tall, 20 feet at the base, at full maturity. Yeah. If you've got the space for this thing, if you had a space that would accommodate it, get yourself a Fraser. You know, Matt, I like Fraser, but it's still not my favorite as far as fur go. I like Abby's con color. Wait a minute, there's your Latin no, alert. Thank you very much. But Matt, I like I like it because to me, it also has that silver silver gray look to it, and yeah. it's a, it's a zero fight. And they have the super long needles on it. And too. the long needles Weird as looking well. Tree. I like the corn cones even on it. And so here's an interesting thing. So then other people begin to chime in about Fraser fur. Hey, where's the episode? So I had to go dig. And by the way, we talked about Fraser fur on like 82 different episodes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I went back and listened. To some of the earlier stuff that we did, and it was and it was weird for a myriad of reasons. The first is that there was no music in the background, and no mom yeah. probably, right? and no mom. Yeah, so it was weird because the whole dynamic shifted when you brought in the Lynn, <laughs> sure, <laughs> right? Yeah. And there was no music, and I believe that we kept the music for if, if if you're listening for the first time, you'll notice in the background there's jazz music playing, and we kept the music because your suggestion was during our first Christmas season doing this. He said, hey, why not have music in the background playing? And we, a- after the Christmas season, we're like, hey, man, is it just me or does the music in the background feel great? It fills in the gaps. Do you know what? It's it, nice. It, it's not empty. It's like you're in a yeah. in one yeah. of these, what do you call it? Coffee, like coffee shop. Coffee yeah. shop yeah. and you're having a but chat. It, you know what it does, though, is it makes it feel unlike any other radio show I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. On top of it, I'm throwing up a bunch of doofuses, but whatever. And also on top of that, Matt, I'm always the one that is so clean and cut and yeah, sweet and you're clean. You're such and, a damn liar. You know, Listen, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, you should hear what doesn't make it to air oh, coming yeah. out of that jackass's mouth. Let me tell you, there's so much filth that comes out of that guy's no, mouth. No, I'm a good guy. No, it's I'm actually not, very gentle. Not filth. swearing or anything, but there's some, there's some. oh, you can't say that. Yeah, we've always threatened to do a like a behind the scenes or like a with the, with the, with the locks off episode. <clears throat> but... Now with us being out in the public and having clientele, I'm not sure how well that would. Yeah. No. No. All right. Anyways, moving on. Yep. Long-winded again, as usual. No. This is a shout out to one of our listeners. That no, was a very nice. She thing was. That she, said. she was a yeah. very nice listener. Thank yeah. you very much. But Manny, what is the purpose of us using pyramidal shrubs on our planting plans? What's the reason for it? Uh, okay. So first of all, 
I was just thinking here, lately have we been using pyramidals? But yes, I just haven't been using pyramidals in the way that I'm thinking. Because when I think of pyramidal, I think of Evergrade, right? But any upright, But really. we use a beach a lot. We use pyramidal columnar a lot. Yeah. Explain so, columnar, please. Okay. So a columnar tree is not even a teardrop. A columnar tree would be sunflower seed shaped, right? Not even the actual, not even the actual, like think about a roasted sunflower seed, not the actual shell, the actual seed, like a very, very oblong obelisk looking type shape, right? Take a circle and squish it on both sides. And that's what, and that's what it becomes. There are teardrop-shaped trees. Linden would be one of them. Okay, thanks. I'm, yeah. I'm already bombing myself here. Sure. Okay, but Linden would be one of them, right? You, and they you, can have a flat top. They can be around yeah. it at the top. Yeah. They yeah. can have all sorts of shapes and sizes. And what defines this, Matthew? Oxens. Very good. Yeah. And I didn't say it. <laughs> I knew it was just... It was, yeah, yes. And many thanks to the cow moving in the background when I say oxen. So, <laughs> Linden, <laughs> so Linden, you've been around Pops for quite a bit lately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, why do How's we use <laughs> why do we use these pyramidal shrubs? Why do we use pyramidal shrubs or uprights? Well, for one thing, they scale down the size of the house. But another thing that's really beneficial, especially right now, with a lot of lots being small, they fit well on small properties. And you know, I I one of the things that I continually tell clients is this is look, if you only have the spot, if you only have the spot that would accommodate one good sized tree or multiples of the columnar stuff, in a lot of ways, getting multiples of the columnar stuff is a better option because you can also begin to stripe your vertical, right? Like if you got yourself a red obelisk and then put a pyramidal English oak in the middle and then another red obelisk, you're getting a color coordination at a height that you would never normally have that. Sure. As long as you're aware of the overhang or the roof line, you can do just about anything, especially on small properties, right? Yep, I agree. So anyways, Matt, what is interesting is that because of our using uprights and so forth, they add interesting heights, shapes, colors, textures. I know generally speaking, if they're a pyramidal thing, taller, smaller at the top, wider at the base, yep. but they can also have flat on top. And we would use a lot of things, Matt, like, for instance, uh, taxes, media, hill eye, hicks eye. So, in other words, uh, hills and hicks you Good. kind Thanks. of idea. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that. So, it has a flat top and they can yeah. be used as well You're as an You're doing show bits this week, man. Screw you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, Matt, here's a good question for you. Do you believe this? They, they actually, so my, some of the reading I've been doing lately, they were saying that one of the main reasons that we put plants in groups is to control the way they grow. Especially upwards. Do you agree? What? I'm not kidding you. So what they're saying basically is, let's say you put a grouping of three uprights or three trees of some kind. Yeah. The reason why you are doing this, not just because it, it adds some sort of a, a scale and balance within the bed itself, but they're also saying that it also helps to control the overall height or the eventual height of that tree or that plant. Do you agree? Mom? No, she doesn't agree. Well... No, what I'm saying, one of the reasons they do that, they plant them in threes, is that these three trees are growing. They have to share resources, so they're not going to grow as big. It's I, kind of to stunt I them. You're kind of right, Matt. I have to agree. I have to agree with this. You, you disagree. Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on a second. What you're saying is that if you want to keep these trees even more dwarf... Plant more of them. Yes. In the same... Ecosystem, yes. like in the same relative, they have to share everything. Real they estate. have to change. Yeah, they have to sh to share all resources. They they grow tall because they grow tall. They have to grow tall. This is to avoid each other. I'm not kidding you, Matt. So I have to say, kind of tree so is this when the customers like you have 14 obelisk beach mm, no. on my landscape. Yeah, thing. No. Oh, we're going to keep them small. They're not. <laughs> they're not talking. They're not talking about that. They're talking about sharing of resources. I I kind of agree with it. You but can then disagree. in the forest. They There's, do it naturally. They do it naturally. Yeah. What do you think they do it in the forest? You think they're going out? So is this they, why people are planting three Colorado blue spruce beside each other? No, that shit's stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's just stupidity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, anyways, Matt, that's just being dumb. <laughs> besides yeah. the fact that you disagree with me, hundred and fifty. No, I don't disagree with you. It's just it's a concept that that has never really crossed my mind. And you could be right. I just I think I have to sit here and mull that thought over. I understand what you're saying. I just I just. To me, it, it it's it's a very alien idea. Thought. 
No, I'm sorry, Matt. It was, an, uh, it was a horticulturist out of uh, out of the States, and I was reading one of his papers. Well, you can't believe anybody. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, Matt, actually, it, it's not one of the reasons that we do it. Yeah. We do it because we want to add interest and so forth to the planting bed itself. Yeah. Okay. But Matt, if we were going to tell our listeners something out there that we would never plant in a million years, what would that be? As far as an upright or a pyramidal. Oh, skyrocket juniper or Mountbatten juniper. Okay, so what hit one of them to start with? All right, let's go Mountbatten. Okay, what what do you find about the Mount Mountbatten that you fi- like or dislike? I I find nothing that, that I like. Okay, actually no. Mountbatten juniper are really nice in that the color is beautiful. They have a it's a steel blue. It's a gray blue. There's a hint of green in there, but it's probably one of the bluer of the bunch of juniper uprights. Here's the issue with these suckers. Pruning them sucks. It all kinds <laughs> Why? of sucks. Why? It sucks like a lollipop because because of the alls. They're prickly. And when they dry so they out, all they're suck. super prickly. <laughs> they, <laughs> they all, all suck. suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. I remember my first encounter with a, with a Mountbatten juniper was I was working for your brother, my Uncle Pat. And uh, he said, I got a pruning job because he, he ran a, a lawn maintenance business and a property Bed maintenance business as well. Sure. And so, you know, you would get into like July and there would be, that would become pruning time. Okay. So I remember him saying, oh, we're going to the customer's property. He said, hey, they gave a prune to Mountbatten Juniper before. I'm like, no, what's that? He's like, you'll see. <laughs> right. And you go out to prune this thing and it's literally like trimming. A house. <laughs> well, they're huge. Yeah. And Those it's 20 like, to 25 feet high. And yeah. it's like trimming barbed wire. It's awful. And you know what? Wait a minute. So, you know, the, ju- the even the juvenile form of these oh, even when they're babies, awful. they hurt. Okay. Yeah. And they continually Super fall prickly. at the base they of the tree. They put the all in awful. Awful. <laughs> they give me a rash, too. It's awful. It's yeah. awful. But, and then, too, the snow damages the crap out of these things, too. Right? They, they get majorly damaged by snow. If you have a heavy, heavy snow, it tends to pull the branches down and it just destroys Yeah, these you have things. to tie them up for And the again... They'll live in the neighborhood of approximately 30 years. So they're going to be with you for a long time. (laughs) So here's what you got to do, guys. Listen, if you want, (laughs) look, if you desperately do not want my father or myself on your site, you plant a lot of two things. Well, actually me on your site. Because if if, if you plant one of them, my my dad will be there quick. Austrian pines, which my dad will be all over your site. And Mountbatten. Wait a minute. And the Latin for Austrian pine is Linny? Minus Nigra. Ah, what was the other one you said? Mountbatten? Yes. Okay, so what's the Latin for that Juniperus one? Juniperus chinensis Mountbatten. Very good. Ah, Give that guy a cookie. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, look at that. But Matt, the, the fact of the matter is he said it continually sheds. I can't stand oh. it. I never want to go anywhere near it when it comes to pruning it. And Matt, but one thing about it, the reason why it was used was because it was a full full sun kind of evergreen. Upright. Yeah, and, and it's fast grower too. And right? fast grower. And yeah. the thing was, Matt, almost... Any soil type you can think of, pH does not matter. You know what this sounds a lot like? The Austrian pine. pine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, but the Mountbatten juniper tolerates dry conditions. Really? Yeah. yeah. But Matt, you, you're right about the ice damage. But then on top of that, so if somebody wanted to go the other way, you mentioned skyrocket juniper. So yeah. why would you not use skyrocket today per se? Well, sp- skyrocket was getting a lot of, uh, what's the, it's like a blight or um Cooley gall bladder mite. Yeah. yeah, that's my one of my favorites, Matt. Do you know I what hate, that looks like? I hate like? when I get that. It's like snot. It looks like snot <laughs> on the tree. It looks yeah. like snot. I remember seeing yeah. them at hold the up, tree farm. Hold up, hold up, hold up. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. This is, in fact, the growing season brought to you by News Talk Saga 960 AM. Click on Showbits. Right now, if you click on Showbits right now, you're going to see skyrocket snot. It's incredible. It's, it's awful. And you know, and you know what? You can try various chemicals and so forth to get Why rid of it. Why does it get that, Dad? What is this? Why does it get It has that? to do with a fungus growing, especially after <laughs> we've had a lot of rain in the spring, that kind of idea, and it a lot of humidity. looks like a blob of snow. Yeah, but you know what? Like the tree hasn't blown its nose. <laughs> the, the easiest cure for it would be to take a garden hose to it or something and then Just blow blast it, off. it off. Yeah, and then another thing is once it gets hot and dry, it disappears on its own, so yeah, it's not it's, a problem. It's a cool, and again, so with stuff like, with, with your skyrockets, very similar to anything that would get powdery mildew. You need to have a lot of air circulation. Yes. So if you've got these things up against your house, or if you're thinking about planting them, first of all, don't. But if you're thinking about planting them, plant them off your house. Don't plant them right up against the house because you need some air circulation moving around this thing. And on top of that, Matt, uh, the skyrocket junipers, uh, juniperus, 
uh, Virginiana skyrocket. I had to think about that oh. one for a minute. You were going to say communists, weren't I you? I was going to. Yeah. But, Matt, they have scales, not alls, which is better for pruning. But, yeah. Matt, when we, Mom and I were in California, there's a tree out there called the Italian cypress, uh, Cupressus um, sempervirens, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Which is basically evergreen. It's an evergreen upright. Have you seen, first of all, have you seen the Russian cypress? So there's a Russian Cypress standard. Okay, so our audience is like, what are these idiots talking about? Anytime I say the word standard, it's basically, it's a it's a shrub in, in like a miniature tree form. So think about your glow blue spruce standard. Okay, that is a, it's a glow, it's a little spruce on, on, on a stick. There's a Russian Cypress standard, Dad, the prettiest thing that you've ever seen. Sure. But man, anyways, going back to He's California for a minute, Maddie. <laughs> I was saying, they, so the, this Italian cypress will grow in the neighborhood of 40 to 70 feet tall. So yeah, they're just think really, of it as really a, tall and skinny. It is a skyrocket on steroids. What? Okay? Oh, it's yeah. Mo- humongous. What's the, wait a minute, but what's the, the measurement at the base? What's what's the spread? Not that big. It's probably eight feet at the base. So it's not So huge. it's an obelisk beach on steroids. Oh, it looks like if you put along <laughs> roadways, Matt, or along fences and so forth, it's absolutely, and by the way, great for barriers or screens, Matt. But the thing can is, we, can we grow them here? No, oh. we can't grow it here. It's it's in the neighborhood. Where is it from? Then um, it's out of Crete, uh, Iran, Turkey. Yeah, we can't grow it. So here. Mediterranean climate. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. anyways, Matt, we we have we we in the past would have planted something with a on a narrow configuration, growing upwards would be skyrocket juniper, like we're talking. But Matt, today they have a better version of that. What is that? Oh, the blue arrow. Okay, the blue arrow. What's so great about it? Everything. Like? It's blue. It's and it's blue. an arrow. It's, <laughs> yeah. Number one, it's a xerophyte. Yeah. But it doesn't grow, say, 30 feet high like a no. skyrocket. No. It's also a slower grower than the skyrocket. Absolutely. So the, the issue with the skyrocket is that, it, I mean, in the first four or five years of this thing, it's, it's great because it isn't too big. But no. because it grows so quickly... You almost have to prune this thing two or three times a year to keep it at its size. Sure. But the Blue Arrow isn't, isn't that way. No. no. And the idea is, Matt, with the Skyrocket, like I said, roughly in the 30-foot range, this Blue Arrow is only 12 to 15 feet. And that's, that's a much easier plant to keep under control. Yeah. And by the way, a lot of people who are not very familiar with pruning, this is not hard on the body. Okay? This thing no. can be pruned very easily no. with a pair of shears or whatever. So uh, somebody, there was, somebody showed me a picture of a, of a house. And they caught me on a Saturday morning. This was on one of these Facebook gardening groups. And they caught me on a Saturday morning. I was still laying in bed. And they said, oh, you know, what would you recommend doing with the house? And the house was very classic. That, I think it was Fieldstone. And oh, it would go perfect. Eh? It would go perfect, right? And it was uh, like a sandstone pink granity color. Wow. So it would look great, right? So I, I grabbed my phone and I started to just sketch a little bit. And I threw up four Skyrock or Blue Arrow Junipers on the front. And I just did a little sketch with some color and this and that, and I and I and I posted it on this on this thread on this Facebook gardening group, and the owner of the house came back. Oh, this is beautiful! It's awesome. So actually, she actually contacted me privately and said, "Would you be able to sort of draw that up?" Somebody else jumps in and said, "Oh, you know, uh, I would never plant blue arrow. These things grow like crazy." And I mm-hmm. said to her, no. and, I, and, and I responded, "I'm like, no, they don't." I Fifteen said, to eighteen inches a year. Yeah, and I said, we have clients that have tons of these things. We, we spec them What's all the What's one time. of the weakest points? What is one of the things that would be a drawback? And it happens on basically any shrub that you could think of when you're getting plant, planting something in and around a house. What is it? Well, underneath, a, underneath the overhang you're talking? Sure. Yeah, water. Water is one. But the other thing is that you get reflected heat off the house, off the even the house. in the wintertime. Yeah. And this is so what you got to be aware of. So if you can pull it off the house a bit. Yes. It's better. It's better okay. for it. By the way, hold up a second while I've got you here. This, Dad, is what the Russian Cypress standard looks like. Mm, it's very attractive, Matt. Look at that, eh? Oh, very pretty. It's nice. I'll post a picture of it up on the site. Uh, zone 2A. Oh, wow. It's wow. from Russia. It's, it's tough, like just a tough little sucker, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's whatever you got, bring cold, it. Cold, cold, cold. <laughs> whatever you got. Yeah. But Matt, everything you do, you again, if you're going into anything that has a blue, silver foliage on it like zero fight skyrock skyrock yeah or the blue arrow is another better one yeah but matt if you're going to go let's just flip to the other side to the lower one minute height yeah let's pick your little friend the picea glauca conica picea pungens glauca no picea glauca conica oh yes oh yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. oh boy uh dwarf alberta spruce you got a minute all right well less than that actually the problem with the dwarf alberta is sunburn when wintertime 
And what else? One thing about pruning. What's the big thing? If you prune this thing in the dead of the heat, you're going to burn, burn the, the tips. Yeah. And another thing is, normally speaking, that you would want to prune everything before the candles or the new growth has hardened off, right? Yeah. Well, this one here, you have to be even more specific. You must make sure that when you go to prune it, Matthew, that it can't be a hot day even on the new growth. Yeah. So you got to be sure that that growth is already semi-hardened off before you prune it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get burned again. That's it. And again, radiant heat from the home and so forth will burn the living tar out of it. Northwest exposure, again, burn the living tar out of it in the wintertime. Agreed. The growing season continues on the other side. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits. It's the visual accompaniment to the show. After the commercial break here, we're getting involved in accents. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Can we do one more thing, Matt, before we move on? Nope. Like, on the other side. On the other side. All right. Stay with us. Growing season on News Talk, Saga 9.60 a.m. Jack, Lynn, and Matt McFarlane with you here. That website's wonderful because it features something called Show Bits. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Click on Show Bits. It's the visual accompaniment to the show. Just prior to break, you were like, can we have more, sir? Like, no, 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 no. I gotta wait to this side. What's up? Matt, can we talk for one minute on taxes? Cuspidata, my taxes Japanese. Into the nope, taxes into the accountant? Isn't that long-winded, eh? Yes. <laughs> Clipped cone Japanese you. The, one of the most wonderful little things out there. What's so, so wonderful about it? Okay, so for our audience that doesn't know, taxes has got nothing to do with the time of the year that we are currently in. I have to get my taxes to the accountant. He's going to say, you're just a little late, you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, and you know what? By the way, accountant, I'm running a business here. I'm up to my eyeballs in design. And let's just add some more fun into it. I have my kids home doing, doing distance learning. And you do radio. And your radio. Yeah. Yeah. All right. busy, busy, so busy. I'm on fire. You're on fire. Everything's on fire. Okay. Yeah, sure. So taxes cuspidata. This is the Latin name for use. Use are a wonderful, wonderful evergreen. And there are many notable characteristics of the U. But the most noteworthy, in my opinion, is this is a shade loving evergreen. And you know what's amazing, amazing about them, Matt? They're also really cheap to buy, right? No, <laughs> you are incorrect. Okay, so this is a shade-loving evergreen. Now, the caveat here is we don't use them the instant there's a dog on the job site. That's it. We're done. We don't. We don't. We don't put a U on. And man, there's a property, Lasha. If you're listening, I would have loved to have put more U's on your property. Okay, wait a minute. Question: So why are they so expensive? Okay, so U's are so expensive because they are crazy slow growing. Oh, like like, like watching paint dry, almost in reverse, slow growing. Okay. And when we get my on sex the- life right now. <laughs> no, yes. Just, that's really all right. <laughs> Not for anyone to know. You might need a little more pruning and then that might help. But okay. Yeah. So, but when we pull up to a job site and you have to take a U out, for instance, we got to pop that. I have a job. Sue, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I have a job where I have to pull a U out, a full, a full grown U. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Yeah. Full grown you. Full grown you. Or a full grown you. Okay. Yeah. I have to pull a full grown. Full grown. Full grown. It's hard to say. Yeah. A full grown you out to put another you in because we can't. The house has got a giant you, like one of the biggest clips I've ever seen in my life. Thank you. (laughs) You okay? You Uh need to. You. Dad's got a bit of the sillies. Okay. So I have to cut this thing down because I couldn't find another one that would match its size for the other side of the walk. You know what, Matt? I've never seen them 10 That's feet huge. Tall. This is huge. Yeah. The problem is that they, they're amazing history. Lynn, do you want to hit that for a minute? Yeah. There's some legends around the U. The first one is it's the plant of death. And this is because there's a legend. What? I know yeah, that. The yeah. states they, that Pontius Pilate was born under a U. Oh. Now, I don't think his mom went and laid down under you and gave birth to him. But it had, there was wait a minute, wait a minute. Just it, had, 
Didn't it yeah. have more to do with adventitious root system? I don't know, but the well, no, that's the next one. But there's also a legend that says he played in the U as a child, so it was always associated with Pontius Pilate. And uh, well, we'll won't go on any further no, than that. Fine. But in the in the Celtic uh, legends, the U is considered the plant of uh, resurrection because if you were to clip a U and throw the branch down on the ground, it would it would grow another little U. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're so quite adventitious, the Matt, if you can they, do it at um, the right time. Yeah. Yeah, they but, they revere them. But, Matt, anyway, if your dog walks by and eats sure. a U-berry, well, no, no, yeah, not good at all. But there's a lot all. of vomiting yeah. and the well, and just and not so forth. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, Matt, we, we plant them because they can we can use them on, on uh, formal, informal kind of aspects. Yeah, and they can be gardens. whatever you want. They're, sure. Yeah. And, and they make such a show. And the clipped U, it wants to grow conical. Like that's his pref- it's, it's it's his preference. You don't clip it like that. It, no, it does that. That's and, what it does. And you really only if you wanted to do something, listeners. If you wanted to do something that you want to keep in basically its normal shape, you would give it a prune once once you season. Okay, growing season. Yeah. But if you want it to be on the formal side, then you're going to have to double up. You're going to have to do it twice a year to give it that really that pristine look to it. Right, yeah. Matt? Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna get furry. It's it's like your beard. Sure. And the idea is, Matt, they they. They might need a little bit of winter protection depending on where you're yep. located, if it's yep. a northwest exposure and so forth. Yep. But Matt, they're great. They they take sun, part shade. They don't mind uh, they don't mind uh, soils that are not so rich and loamy at times. But you got to watch. They don't want their feet completely wet. But Matt, again, zones three through through seven. It's fantastic. Dad, let me ask you a question. Because you're armed with a lot of knowledge here. Oh, okay. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. When you were out landscaping in the 70s and 80s, you didn't have a quarter of this knowledge. I had a lot of knowledge, man. But not, but come on, not not this level. I would say... No! A lot. Okay. They used to call me Dr. Jack. I knew a lot, man. Okay, so what is the one thing that you would have done differently? And let's take the, let's take the Austrian vine out of it, okay? But what's not the, your mom. I've never, I would have never done anything differently. Okay, I'm talking about... Horticultural. Okay. Okay, not biologically. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one thing that you would have done differently, horticulturally, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that would be based on information that you have now? Like, looking back on stuff that you used to do, if you knew then what you know now, what would be the biggest change in how you would have like approached something that you would normally do horticulturally? Not planting Austrian pines. Yeah, let's take that <laughs> out of it. took my line away. Okay, let's No, let's no, honestly, uh, working with the, the various uh, perennials, back then, we, I had a... But you didn't, fairly, have, you didn't have that option, though, because it wasn't around. No, it wasn't a lot of them around. But knowing how to work with them properly and, and coordinating, coordinating, coordinating them within the space itself, that was the hardest thing, Matt. Like, even today, I don't care who you are, you can't know everything about everything. And right. I find that even today, Matt, it, you're always having to work around the perennials. It's easy to set all your 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 monitors, your your yeah. plants that you bounce color off of your yeah. uprights and then and your accents. But everything is different now with, you know, with the perennials. This is what happens, right? You get your your flower bed space. I generally design my rock in first, and then I put my uprights or accents, my monitors, which is just our word for larger shrubs, shrubs that, that you're going to use as your backdrop, and then you got to begin to work your perennials in. The, the thing that takes the longest... Is the perennials. 100%. Yeah. It's 100% takes takes the longest. And then eventually what happens is people want us to throw all their annuals in at the same time. Yeah. Now we're really throwing a lot at them. But, Maddie, if you had to go along and explain to somebody what we consider is an accent plant, how would you explain it? It's something that would be considered the focal point or one of a, focal, one of a couple focal points of your garden. Yes? Sure. It's something that we want, let's say it's a plant characteristic, Matthew, that will draw your eye to a certain area that in which they occupy. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah, and it, you generally don't use a ton of them on the site. No. Right? If you had uh, one otherwise or two, it's not an accent. Yeah. What would exactly. you call it then? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and this is plants. where like this is where as a homeowner, if you are thinking, okay, you know, where am I gonna end up spending the majority of my money horticulturally? And let's take these quote unquote hardscapers out of it, the people that are coming on your site that are only putting in interlock and stone. Because they just anyway, we're not going to get involved in that right now. But as a homeowner, you're going to be spending the majority of your money on large trees 
or trees. Okay, trees are pricey. As well as if you start getting involved in accent plants. I mean, it's not uncommon for a customer to spend $500 plus on a Japanese maple. And yeah. that and that would be considered an accent plant. Yes, Dad? Absolutely. Yeah. And the idea is, Matt, they come in every shape, color, size. They can even give you an amazing fall color or amazing interest in winter. So, Matt, if we were going to pick something, I just said in winter. So let's pick something that is going to give you some unique color throughout the season, but also something interesting in the winter. What would you choose? Well, Obelisk Beach, for me, would be one of them. But even more interesting than that, let's okay. say, because of the leaf color. Let's pick, say, Red Majestic Coralis, okay? With, Love it. Yeah. So the uh, or these, some people call it Red Majestic. Other people call it Red Dragon. And it's from the Betulaceae family, so it has those lovely little catkins hanging from it's it. It's so cute. Yeah, and it's a, basically, Matt, yeah. it's a corkscrew hazel tree. Okay? And the thing is, Matt, we use this all the time as an accent. Ladies and gents, you want to see the weirdest thing. And we've talked about this shrub or bush or accent, whatever you're going to call it. We've talked about this on previous shows. This looks like something out of a Tim Burton film. And the branches are corkscrewed. They look, it's like a pig's looks like, tail. It looks like tendrils, Matt. On, it's on, weird. On, it's on it's a weird vines. looking shrub. Yeah. And it's, we use it in places. One of the things that I, that I caution people on is the use of this thing. There's a slightly creepiness to this thing. So when we use it, we try to use it in a situation where we've got like happier stuff around it, right? Blanket flower or flocks, or whatever, things that are very bright and cheerful. Because this thing can look really creepy. Looks like something you'd look at around Halloween. For sure. It's out of a Tim Burton film. Completely, 100%. But Matt, the Red Majestic is kind of cool uh, as far as color goes. Explain, Lynn. Well, the leaves come out purple in the spring, and then the old leaves go green. Am yeah, I right? I think that's right. And But the young ones still stay purple, but then in the fall, it gets an orange apricot color. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really and, pretty. And again, on top of the, the corkscrewed bark or the corkscrewed branching, it's got the catkins. Yeah, so you have this, spring. You have this weird leaf color that's kind of fluctuating between green and purple. It's like the, the miniature Schubert cherry. And then you got the catkins, the little hangy ball birch looking things on there. And then you got the corkscrewed branching system. Yeah. The hangy ball that just yeah. makes you giggling? No, no. no. I was just thinking, Matt, that if, if, Watch somebody, it. if somebody <laughs> wants to have these things make nuts and it doesn't involve their husbands. <laughs> oh, Jack. <laughs> Sorry about that. The telephone that you're hearing in the background is the CRTC <laughs> shutting us down. No. But, Maddie, honestly, if you want to have these, you're going to have to have the. Boy and girl. Yeah, you're going to have or to have not boring, but seven, have seven, ten feet apart kind of yep. idea. But on top of that, Matt, besides being a great accent, it also has this amazing color now that's going on. Just say from your standard Coralis Avalana Contortas, your Contortic Corkscrew Hazel. Now, interesting thing. When I go and look at, we deal with Conan, Conan Nurseries. Conan, here's your plug, Conan.ca. Wonderful nursery owned by the Vander Crooks. They've got three different locations. One in Waterdown, one in Newmarket, one in Trenton. Great, great nursery. And... We use their website to spec our plant materials. Dad, the Contorta Corkscrew Hazel is listed at 10 by 10. Uh, I have never, never seen one. in a million years ever seen it. That's a big sucker. Well, I know they, they talk about you should be planting them 8 to 10 feet apart. But I always thought that was only meant because if you wanted to get nuts on them and so forth. But Matt, honestly, I, I know that they say zone 5 through 8. But for crying out loud, I've seen them a lot better than that. And yet... On one of our client sites, Lasha, Oakville. So what, 6A, 6B? Yeah. Both of hers died. Hers really? died? Both of them died. You sure it wasn't the canopy doing it? It might have been, but they both died. Would that backyard that? is sheltered. Would it be that snow we got last May? No, they didn't They didn't die recently. Oh. But, they've, but they died. So, Maddie, before we move off, say, deciduous and move on to evergreen yeah. for accents, I just wanted to know, okay, so you're very familiar with the Kim Lilac standard, right? The Syringa you know, Myrae. And listen, this is, uh, the growing season is an open book, by the way. This is the growing season on News Talk Stock at 960 AM. Follow along with us, showbits.com. Sorry, showbits.com. Showbits is the section of the website. Click on growingseasoncanada.com. Okay. I, for years and years, have said I will not specify a lilac. My entryway back in was last year. I had a client 
basically demand a Kim Lilac standard on their drawing. And since then, I'm putting lilacs all over the place. I'm using something called a Tinkerbell. Have you seen this thing? No, I haven't. It's no. like a red, it's a red looking lilac. Oh, neat. It's neat. Anyway, okay. So why do you think the blasted thing is so damn hardy? Kim? Yeah. I don't know. So by the way, again, uh, the Kim lilac is, it's like a dwarf lilac, but it's grafted onto this stem. It's like a, it's a, it's a lilac on a it's stick. It's about two and two and a half meters tall, say yeah. by about one ball and a half meters spread. It's a ball and stick. Yeah. Yeah. And They're it, super cool. But it what is, is it grafted, grafted on? onto a privet rootstock. What? Privet rootstock. That's yeah, why it's Augustum. so hardy. Yeah. That's why it's Are a, you serious? It is damn tough. That's why it's so tough. It's grafted onto Ligustrum. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. And they said, actually, this thing is so tough. Okay, zone 3A. So, you know, Scat, what is that? Saskatoon? Saskatoon. Yeah. yeah. So it'll grow there, Matt. But they say that the thing is that it, it's a vigor, it's a vigorous grower, that kind of idea. Well, it, yeah. If it's grafted onto a privet rootstock, of course sure. it's a vigorous grower. And you're not having to be concerned about the bloody thing going into the winter because it's Ligustrum. Yeah, it's the, privet. But the top could die. No, they say it's actually, it stabilizes the whole thing. They say you, it's not like going it's and getting. Gra- it's grafted onto privet? Privet. Yeah, we were shocked. We were shocked when he read that. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. And the thing is, Matt, we could, you know, you're very familiar with what the buds look like. They open up kind of lavender blue kind of idea. Well, yeah. And the, here's a little bit of an identification tip for our audience. Lilacs are the only buds that look like this. Lilacs are. If you remember E.T., the movie E.T., the bud system at the end of a lilac, it's E.T.'s two fingers. Oh, yeah. So the yes. buds on yes. the ends of a lilac, all of your lilac, if you walk up to your lilac and it You're looks right. like the little tips of E.T.'s two fingers. And it's even green like E.T. too. Well, green. E.T. was a brownie green. Brownie but green. if you walk up to that, any branch and you pull it down and, and you look at it and it has E.T.'s two little fingers pointing, that's, that is a lilac. And it blooms. At a different time than all the other lilacs. Yeah, it's a, it's so it's a late bloomer. It's later. So yeah. you're getting, a, in, not with, okay, with exception to that bloomerang that you're Which talking blooms about. all the time. But dad, I, two things. I saw a customer two weeks ago on a consult. Okay. So end of so early April, their bloomerang was already going. It was wow. blooming. Where? It was blooming. Is this in Toronto wow. or Off the Allen Expressway. Yeah, wow. First thing. Second thing. Different customer on the same evening, they had something in their yard die. American. American ginkgo. Really? Died. A ginkgo. Hardiest thing in the world, right? The ginkgo. Oh, the little dwarfs. Oh, that's a pricey yeah. loss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Matt, you know, I keep seeing all these things on um, the various socials and so forth, and they keep putting coffee grounds on everything. And then, and so one of the things I read, it was kind of, kind of a little bit on the funny side, was it said, please don't put coffee grounds on your lilac. Keep those for any asset living plants because it's going to reduce the no- amount of bloom and stunt the growth on the thing. So they say, watch on the lilac on yeah. the lilac. So keep it Apparently away. Privet don't like coffee. No. <laughs> I guess they don't like yeah. coffee in the morning. <laughs> I guess it's like me. Maybe it's a tea drinker. But Matt, if you were going to pick something in the evergreen line, that was an accent plant. What oh, would it be? easy, easy. Quickest way to spend a customer's four hundred bucks? Sabin juniper. No, <laughs> no, it's not. No, uh, conceivably my favorite. I would say this has to rank as my favorite little shrub, like a Fitzer juniper kind of. No, <laughs> and if you say Austrian pine, I'm throwing you out of the room. I love I love the glow blue spruce standard. I absolutely love it. I actually even just love the little glow blue spruces. And we 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 knock the bigger version, the Picea pungens glauca, the big one, the fifty footer. But as far as an accent plant, the glow blue spruce standard. So this is a little blue puffball on a stick. It looks like a giant allium, a giant 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 allium. I love these things wherever possible. I plant these things. I love. I love the glow blue spruce standard for a number of reasons. First of all, it's giving you that that steel blue spruce look. And it's another zero fight. It's a zero fight. And the more sun, the bluer it gets. Uh, yeah, it Why? Gets because it's a suntan. Right. And what yeah. about the new growth? Even bluer. Yeah. The it's amazing. cutest. Okay. Now, 
The one thing that I love about the standard idea, again, so it's a little blue puffball on a stick, is I can plant things below and I can basically, it gives you the evergreen up top and then it gives you the room down below to pack things underneath. And nothing looks great. Again, I keep coming back to the combination. Glow Blue Spruce Standard, Stella Doro Daylily. Oh, yes. And then the the Ruby Carousel Barbary. So you get three different textures. I love that. I love that. And now, as, as, as you heard me make mention, the Glow Blue Spruce Standard is a really pricey item. Okay? But if you're going to... So what is it? What is a, a, a decent size one, say in five or ten gallon size, be worth it? Be 500 bucks? No, no, no. Okay, so like a 15 gallon would be, yeah, 400 bucks. Yeah. Okay, now again, people are probably driving their cars off the road. Okay, that's not that's not uncommon. Well, wait a minute, it's it's an accent. It's an okay. accent. You're gonna put one or two of these on your property. That's yeah. it. Right? So spend your money there because it's a showstopper. Like you walk by this thing and people are like, what is that? I think it's great. Take good care of it, because it can live sixty years. 60 years? Yeah, it's pretty good for an actual standard or uh, an accent, Matt. I I saw a customer in Georgetown last fall. They had three of these things. Now, unfortunately, they were planted way too close. Three of these things. Dad, the heads on these glow blue spruce had to be six and a half feet across. Which, by the way, I've never seen them bigger than about four or five feet across. So this that's quite huge. Huge. But Matt, these things come in globosome. So they would also come in any sort of like a globe blue spruce form and the little ones the little ones not on the stick just the little guys are also gorgeous i yeah, love sure. and fat alberts yep the fat albert Alberts. So, yeah and the, so the fat albert version ladies and gentlemen is is it's basically it's a it's a very very miniature glow blue spruce or sorry it's a miniature spruce it's like baby uh blue eyes man but it's fatter it's squat yeah. Right. So it's if you really, really want first like, generation kind of idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you want like a really nice blue background, it, that isn't a blue spruce. This is your next version. The only problem is, again, very, very squat. It's going to take up a lot of your bed area. But if you've got the room, they're super cool. So I'm pretty I'm a, I could be an accent, too, Lynn. I'm kind of gray. And I if I stand in the bed, you know, I'm, am I an accent? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes me an accent too. I was going to yeah. say there was. I thought there was going to be a very inappropriate joke there somewhere. No, so, but Maddie, yeah. what's good too is they're they're almost salt tolerant. They they need a certain amount of water. Don't drown them. They're not that kind of a plant. Yeah, because they have a fibrous root system, so they take what they want. So don't have them sitting in standing water. They yeah. would absolutely hate it. And but any soil type, any any pH, Matt, completely. And we use them a lot near walkways where, where we know that clients are going to be salting because because the standard form is up off the ground, you don't have to worry about salt damage. Sure. And right? again, it gives you a whole different vertical approach to your garden. It's yeah. The nice part about this is it can be very formal looking or not, but with the right plant material under it, it can not be formal looking. Sure. So, it, you know, a row of these things down your walkway. Now a row of these yeah. things down your walkway. Expensive proposition. That would be, it, those would be more expensive than your walkway. Yeah. Right. So Maddie, as far as, putting in accent plants in our garden, in gardens that we are designing, what would be some of the ones that we would never consider an, as an accent? Hmm. Well, I, I try not to use many Japanese maples anymore, just with the fact of, of trying to replace these things. Right? Sure. So, Maddie, we would never use something like burning bush, you want them salata. Yeah. Uh, Forsythia, intermedia, oh, spectabilis, we wouldn't use accent. it. Um, Spirea, Antony waterer, uh, mm. we wouldn't use it. Common lilac, very rarely, would go to some of the French hybrids. Yeah. Uh, Zutzia, I know you, we've, you've had it put on a few jobs lately, the Lemoyne or Gracilis. Yep. Uh, we don't use them. The lemon, Prado wreath too, Matt. Yeah. I've, I've seen them use them in all different ways and fashions, and they prune them accordingly. And I think they're, the problem is with them, Matt, as they get older, the, the growth so is all to the exterior part Terrible. of the branches. But you can coppice the crap out of those Sure, you can. You can cut them right back. But those are things that we would normally not use as any sort of an accent, even though people think the fall color is absolutely amazing on the burning bush. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if there's one, just, just before we jump, if there's one that you want to see, that you're just not going to believe your eyes, it's the elderberry, the elder, that purple lace elder thing. Do you think we should use that maybe in our upcoming color yeah. series? Yeah. You know what? Great idea. So what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, coming up is we are going to be doing a full color series the next two months on the growing season. 
So what's going to happen is we're going to one week, we're going to pick purple and we'll talk about all purple plants. Including bloom. Yeah. And bloom, leaf color, whatever. And then pink and then red and then orange. So that on the website, eventually, like uh, what will happen is we'll have a separate section on the website where, oh, you want a purple, whatever. Boom. Click on that part of the pot. Click on that podcast. And there it is. This is a great place to press pause. And as usual, the cup runneth over, or in this case, the wheelbarrow runneth over, Dad. So, Manny, we, we have uh, in the past been using something called pyracantha angustifolia. Firethorn. Yeah. Japanese firethorn. Yeah. Now, the, the, leaves, by it. It hurts. the leaves are a little prickly on it. Yeah. But, Matt, what's really cool about it is that we used to use it a lot in the Belgium fence pattern yeah. for espaliers, yeah. especially in on wall areas and so forth around pools. You wouldn't it would around be a, pools away from people. It's on the vertical. <laughs> yeah. It's on the great vertical. landscaping, but my audience keeps bleeding out. No, <laughs> no, like, Addy, so they're actually they're very durable. They they're very they're great survivors. Uh, zone six through nine, so it's good for down in Toronto and so forth. We used to use them a lot in the Mississauga area. But Matt, all in all, it's the, it's the red orange berry that they get in the going into the into the fall and early winter. And here's the real cool thing about it. What about berries, Mom? The berries are alcoholic to birds. Robins especially like them, but when they eat too many of the berries, they can't fly. They can't cry. They walk around the yard. Yeah. <laughs> falling all over the place. Yeah. That's fantastic. You would think they would know. I guess they don't have executive thought like us. They'd look at the berries and say, yeah, I really like those, but I'm not going to be able to fly after wow. I consume too many. Friday night out. And yeah, that's one of the bar. Yeah. The website is the growing season. Or sorry, the website is growingseasoncanada.com. Click on show bits. That's the visual accompaniment to the show directly after the show airs. This show will be podcasted and dropped right into show bits. All you got to do is just hit play. You can follow along in chronological order with everything that we've chatted about. And it will be probably no less than about 75 or 80 photographs that I have to upload. Also to growingseasoncanada.com for all of your horticultural needs. Consults, landscape designs, and construction. But I am warning you, ladies and gentlemen, on our, on our landscape design end of things, we are about six to ten weeks backed up as far as designs, and I'm pretty much booked for the season as far as construction. So, if you're looking to book into 2022, go go for it. We already have designs coming in for the winter of 2022. I've actually officially booked my first one, which is fantastic. Dad, what's no, up? Say, so are you going to thank me for that? I... That's Dad's. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And as usual, we will end the show how we always do. Guys, when you throw dirt, you lose ground. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's thought-provoking. That's pretty good. Mom? Till next time, have a good one. And please be safe. Jack out. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs. Rise up, lights. <laughs>